Sunday, Paul, we're back. Monday night, first show of the week. Flag day. Bet you that snuck up on you this year. Uh, I got something right out of it. Oh, wait, wait. Before I get into what I want to talk about, I had a, I had a deal with the uh, Greek. Where yeah. I was going to have to do 10 minutes on the Greek guy in the Australian, Australian French Open final <laughs> if he won. Yep. But I did say it'd be nice to give him an honorary mention. Nice job by him not getting smoked in the final. He actually put up a fight, but in, in the end, Djokovic. So that's a nice thing I'll say about the uh, Greek tapas. I don't know. There's vowels all over the place in Greek's name. I can't, I can't pronounce the guy's name. Tzatziki. Yeah. Right. Tapas, I call them. Like the, the appetizers, the small plates. Perfect. Uh, uh, yeah, you got so, it. Yeah. I'll check the one off the list. You, you did. You, you did the nice thing that you said you're going to do. So right, it said ten minutes, thirty seconds. I don't know how the hell I would have done ten minutes, I but luckily, Djokovic, uh, yeah, came back. And now, Djokovic, real quick, halfway to the uh, what do you call it? The yearly Grand Slam. It's only okay. been done once, I think. So All something right. to keep an eye on. All right, there you go. He was – apparently he was down two sets and he was still like the odds-on favorite to win overall. Uh, I think he may have been plus 120. He may have been a slight underdog when he went down two love. Yeah. All right. That's, that's still insane. <laughs> that yeah. He is – I'm no tennis historian, but he's – right now he's one behind the Dallin Federer in Grand Slams. Mm-hmm. He may have the fast track to be the best ever. He's ridiculous, Djokovic. Think about these three guys that makes it so great. And I don't know who the hell is going to carry the sport after these guys if we're going to even be watching finals or semifinals and grand slams. They're all mentally tough. So it's like they have the physical and the mental toughness, and that's why it makes it great. And that's why I don't know if it helps or hurts the sport because it gets eyeballs there, but the only time really worth watching these guys play is when they're against each other. Sure. So. I don't know if it helps or hurts because you don't really pay attention to the early rounds. You just kind of focal, focus in on the, the late rounds. I feel like every time there's – every time, like, one generation is coming to a close, we always wonder in tennis, who's, like, who's going to watch? Who's going to be the next guy? Like, with Sampras and Agassi, it was like, oh, it's never going to be as good as Sampras and Agassi. And here we are. It was way better. It was yeah, it's better. way better. It was like, ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I feel like when this happens every generation or so, some of them, some of them come around. I, yeah, I, mean, I suppose so. I suppose so. It's easy to say it's never going to be this good again, but I, this might be the best. Yeah, this yeah. might be the best we ever see. There might be. Yeah, there, there's there could be like a like a falling off for, for a little bit, but at some point it'll pick back up, and you'll have guys you're talking about in the same breath as uh, the current crop. Maybe an American. <laughs> we haven't had one of those since Sampras. Yeah, what? Why is that? What is the? I know we're not we're not tennis historians or tennis current experts either, but like, why? You'd figure in a country that just kind of likes to do shit on their own, there'd be a lot of people just playing this sport. But is it because it's, it's like a rich person sport? Is that why people? Yeah, it'd be like a country club guy to, to kind of get the practice in. I don't. I don't know. Was it always a rich person sport? Because growing up, I don't think so. Well, although maybe because what was uh, I watched one of those thirty for thirties, and uh, who was maybe, I forget who it was. Uh, maybe it was McEnroe or something. I was watching the one where um, the thirty for thirty, 
this is what they want or something like that? Was that with Mac Macaron Connors? Oh, yeah, maybe it was Jimmy Connors was the guy who kind of came up on the wrong side of the tracks. But yeah, even he was talking about like it being, you know, a bunch of spoiled rich kids and him. And him being kind of the jackass bad boy of the crew. I mean, that could be it. I don't know. I don't know. Growing up, it was always Americans, though, that were good. Sanford Agassi, Jim Courier, I remember. And then there was always, like, the occasional uh, the, the occasional foreign guy. Mm. And now I feel like it's all foreigners, all non-Americans. You know who, you know who I blame it on, actually? To bringing down American tennis? Andy Roddick. Because he's kind of like fair. a soft-ass. That's fair. I, root, I would root for Federer against Roddick. Yeah, Ronald was like the great shamelessly. Michael. I don't care. Yeah, he was. He, he's not. He's not somebody you're proud of, Andy Roddick. He's a pretty no, boy. I, pretty boy. I had no problem rooting yeah. Federer against him. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he's not represent. Not, not a good representative for America. Uh, wow. Yeah, well, I'd put it on him. Why not? I feel. I just feel like the people who like are playing tennis growing up don't have the hunger because it's like. They come from like a solid. I feel like the people who who are gonna be great have to like have a little chip on their shoulder and willing to bust their ass an extra you know a few hours a day. And I'm not sure that that really exists in that in that world now. I'm sure there's people that do it and that think they're hungry, but you need somebody who's like going the extra mile. I have no idea because I don't even know like the big guys, their backgrounds, like Federer and Nadal and them. Like if they came from nothing, and I don't know. I'm just talking about in America. I don't know about over there. Oh, in America. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've – it's my only, my only guess is that. Is it also where you have to be – well, I, is there something to be said about having to be really in really good shape? Americans don't <laughs> tend to really want to do that. I mean, it's really the only sport where you can't be five or ten pounds overweight. I mean, you're out there by yourself, man, for four or five hours at a time. Every yeah. other sport you hear about someone out to eat themselves out of the league. <laughs> You know, he's got he's to be put on, like, a weight right? Even fighters, you hear about that. Mm-hmm. Like, guy comes into a fight overweight. Tennis, there's not – you can't. It's the only sport where you can't – you got to be in tip-top shape. Yeah, I'm sure, like, on that, that match on Friday, I'm sure they lost a few pounds along the way. So, there's no – you got there for five hours, whatever it was. Yeah, I'm, I, that's actually the most fascinating thing. It's, it's the, like, my big – the biggest appeal for me watching tennis is like the physical and mental stamina. You got to gut it out. Yeah. And that's, it's crazy a match like that. It, it's all guts at some point. Right. I mean, you became, yeah, you had, you had your, you, you gotta be in shape. So both you guys are me in like the best shape of your lives. Right. To, to kind of spend four and a half hours, five hours out there. Yeah. So it comes down to being able to kind of, when your knees are a little bit weak or your legs are a little heavy, Maybe, you know, your arms are a little bit uh, heavy and you're, you're, you know, maybe you missed a shot and kind of gut it out and say, all right, I missed that one. I just got to find – I got to find some adrenaline in me to kind of keep it going. You're right. It's unexplainable to me. I can't even comprehend it, the stamina that goes – like your arms have to be dead playing that long. Yep. Forget about the leg. I just think about the arms. <laughs> I mean, they got to be jelly. Gotta have that upper body. Gotta have that upper body strength. But they're also uh, like lithe, right? Like so, it's all kind of like they're like gumbies. So it's just kind of whipping shit around, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why you don't see bizarre. Ju- That's why you don't see juice heads in tennis. 
No. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. You don't, you don't see too many big guys. No. In tennis. No, they're all, they're all skinny and wiry. It's like pitchers used to be. That's why pitchers get hurt now. When yeah. I always said that when you're a pitcher, it pays to be lean. Yeah, I've, me- I've mentioned like the study about how come there's no – why is there no Tommy John surgeries amongst tennis players when they're basically doing the same motion that uh, pitchers are doing? Yeah, I have racket, no idea. Man. No, they're, it's, it was unexplainable. They, they, I think it's just uh, conditioning. That's hmm. it. Conditioning overall. But, if you think about those, they're playing every other day in a tournament. Yeah. They're probably serving how many times? There is tennis elbow, though. That's a thing. But I don't, it's not quite having, you know, somebody cut, op- cut open your elbow and fix it in, you know, fix a ligament in there, whatever it is. True. For the okay. most part, these tennis guys don't really – I mean, there's injuries here and there, but you don't really hear about too many injury-prone tennis players. It's like maybe a surgery here, a surgery there. That's really it. I mean, the conditioning has to be just a million hours of cardio and then tennis. Wow, see, I don't know because I remember it could just be from playing tennis. Maybe that's just their cardio, just muscle memory. Could be, yeah, yeah. Because I know, like, a guy like uh, John Cena, right? Mm-hmm. He would talk about how he doesn't do cardio. His okay. cardio is, the re- is wrestling. Okay. So it's one of those things, like, he's, get, he's game to go in a half-hour match. Maybe, I don't, maybe these, I don't know, maybe, or these guys are spending two hours on a treadmill. I have no idea. Or they're running marathon. Like, I have no idea. Got to have your, yeah, I don't know how you get your wind. I think some of it's mental, man. I think they're just mentally tough. Some of yeah. these tennis oh, yeah. guys. I mean, it's, it's, to get to that level, it's definitely part of it. Yeah, I mean, it fascinates me. Yeah. You're going to try the old uh, tennis regiment for uh, just like look up <laughs> look at, uh, Joker's uh, uh, workout. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, it's some, I'm sure they have ridiculous. I'm sure Nadal has something ridiculous. He looks like he has a ridiculous workout regimen. Try it for two weeks. See how you do. I played a little tennis. Tennis could be fun. Yeah, I sucked at tennis. I yeah, I wasn't good, played. but I played. <laughs> I played. You know, I mean, I played with people who weren't good, so it didn't matter. With the, you played like a chick? Is that how you try to get in? Some There was chicks involved. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. No, it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good try to kind of bridge the gap. Yeah, no, I mean like chicks and friends. Like it was like yeah. we would group, we'd go play tennis. It doubles. Don't right. have to cover as much ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's American. Americans, we're doubles players. We're not <laughs> can't run around by ourselves for five hours. <laughs> um yeah. So what I wanted to get into before we went on the tennis tangent. You said you watched the final season of Shameless this year? I watched the final episode of Shameless. Oh, okay. So you didn't really quite because the the final season, uh, it, a lot of it was covering um, kind of how Chicago, specifically the South Side where they live, mm-hmm. was uh, being gentrified. Right. It was kind of losing its character and losing its soul a little bit. Yep. So I was down in New Haven on Saturday. Yeah. And I gotta say. The gentrification of Worcester Street has begun. Of Worcester Street? Oh, yeah. 
listen, listen. And this is more for the local listeners, but but we did talk about New Haven last show, so this is a little bit of a follow-up. I want to stay on that theme. We walked from downtown to Worcester Street, right? And obviously at the top of Worcester Street is Sally's. Right. Pizza. Yes. All right. Now, we walked. First thing you see is Sally's when you hit the street. Right. Now, Sally's parking lot, I don't know if you've seen it recently. There's tents. There's yeah. picnic tables. Yeah, no more indoor se- or I don't think there's indoor seating there. They just – Oh, okay. I didn't even know if there should- was, but it, it, it didn't look like it. Yeah, just outdoor seating now over there. Oh, right. Um, what else did they have? It lo- I mean, it looks like a beer garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Picnic tables. Um, there's no line now. Like, you just put your name in, and they bring you out a drink. I mean, it's, it's good. They're adjusting with the times. I get it. Oh, they let dogs in now? That's a little – I mean, you're a brewery now. They're basically a brewery. Yeah, that's – Yeah, that that's is not. That's brain. not – Worcester Street. That's not Sal. That's not what yeah. you should be. That's not what Sal should be at all. No. Yeah. Mikey Casino has some words when he was walking by. He didn't like. He didn't like what he saw. He's he's a little aggressive, but uh, I just throw that in there. But I gotta say, I mean, and then and then we were having a conversation because we were waiting in line at Peppy's like adults drinking nips. Yeah. yeah. Right. Classic. Right. And we were having a conversation. We were like, right there. That's the beginning of the end for Worcester. People are going to blame Peppy's for being sellouts, you know what I mean, the last 15, 20 years, franchising or whatever. Mm. Don't blame them. They still, have, they still have their balls down there, okay? They still, have, they still have, you know, they're still true to themselves down there. Sellouts, yeah, you're not wrong. You know what I would compare it to? What Sally's did? I would compare it kind of like in, in, uh, in sports when a team loses their stadium, mm-hmm. like how the Yankees did. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a new stadium. It looks like Yankee Stadium, but it's not Yankee Stadium. I think that's what Sally's trying to do. I mean, and they're adjusting with the time, so I get it. They're probably doing the right thing. In a year, do you think they still have that, though? Like, I don't know. To, I got, See, to me, I think it was the perfect excuse. The last 14 months was the perfect excuse. Now they want to change. You know what I mean? And I just feel like it's going to be like kind of a snowball thing on Worcester. Yeah, but you got they gotta open they gotta open up the inside at some point, right? What if, well, maybe just for I mean, in the winter you would for sure. I would assume so, but if they, if they haven't opened the inside yet, what are you what are you doing over there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it may, may have been open. I didn't I didn't really give it that that good of a look. Uh, it was the dogs threw me off. I was like, dogs! Wow, that's you're really going. <laughs> You're really you're looking going for a hipster. Here. You're looking for the hipster crowd. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, hey, they're adjusting with the. T- well, you know what I thought about? I thought about how and you would, you could speak more to this. The way people compare Little Italy and Manhattan to Arthur Avenue, how they say Little right. Italy is just a shell, right, of its former self. I and mean, Arthur I, Avenue has stayed more true to themselves. Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Avenue is adjusted with the times while kind of keeping the traditions alive. Well, I don't think I ever was at Little Italy. I don't think Little Italy is ever more than a tourist attraction, to be honest with you. Like every restaurant on that street is, is the exact same thing, like carbon copies of each other. Like Just like red sauce types of places. You'll get to, yeah, it's basically the same menus. Like you're not trying, any, you're not getting anything different. 
I mean, maybe this place has stuffed artichoke on the menu, and this place has, I don't know, like maybe, well, one place might have something a little different, but for the most part, it's just, it's just a tourist attraction. Those aren't the best Italian restaurants in the city, by, not by a long stretch. It's a tourist. It's a tourist trap. Tourist attraction, yeah. That's really it. And you're not, you're not, you won't get a bad meal there, but like you're better off going to you know, a dozen other places. Right. Okay. Um, it's the it's gets the name. It's the Mulberry Street. Mulberry, you know, yeah. people want to just they hear they hear a, they hear a specific thing. They hear Mulberry Street and they're attracted to it. Yeah. There's a couple of restaurants that are like linked to Sopranos now. There's a couple of restaurants that the guy who got whacked with his face Gallo. Yeah, I think is that, that place, place still even there. Umberto's. Umberto's. Umberto's is still there. I'm not sure it's the same location. It might be, but I'm not, I'm not positive it's the same location. Um, is what where the uh, Gallo hit happened. Um, I, just, I don't even know where the Ravenite Social Club. That's the just John Gotti's club. I don't even know if that's around. Anymore. I don't think it is. I think it's a new thing now. Was that? It's a new thing now. It's something else. So yeah, I mean, is it? This, I don't know. If it's the same exact thing, but I, I just don't like that. You're right. It's like it's. it's changing what you are and i understand like you had to adapt a little bit but you're a pizza place and people are like you're still you're supposed to be like this old school like that when i brought my friend to peppy's for the first time mm-hmm. and like the atmosphere is a big part for me he was like taken aback by how fucking cool that place was you know the you know the ovens running in the background and i'd you know then to me i had stories about every booth in the place you know the the rat pack booth uh and everything else in between. He just, he just loved the whole, the, the atmosphere of the place because it's, it hasn't changed uh, aside from there being like a salad on the menu. Uh, it hasn't changed in the past hundred years. Right. I, I agree. And I think that is definitely part of the charm because, yeah. you know, we, it's well documented that they're not as consistent sometimes with the pies. So that may have changed I, a little bit, but you can't be, I, I don't know what the ambiance how was the pie? How was your pie on on Saturday? Very good, very I'm t- good. I'm telling you, man. There, would you eat it in in the place? They have been more consistent over the past two or three years than they had been in a, in a long time. Oh, we're having this discussion. I don't know if you've ever had it. Have you ever had their meatball pie? I don't. I don't know. I think it might be kind of new. Yeah. We threw it so. in. We threw it in after so. we were done eating a small. Very good. I'm, I'm, it's in my rotation now. That's how good it was. I'm working it in the rotation. I've always been a meatball pie guy, and for some reason, I don't think they ever had it. It's kind of new. All right. Okay. Meatball and ragot? No, just meatball. Oh, okay. All right. So it's in the rotation. All right. Um, but, yeah, there is something to be said about adjusting, you know, adapting, but also kind of – Staying true to who you are, and I don't know. Set. No. Hey, if I was put, I'll put it this way because, like, I've, obviously, we're Peppy's guys over Sally's. Mm-hmm. If Peppy's had done that, and if the roll, if the shoe was on the other foot, and Peppy's had done that, it would have, like, it would have just irked me a little. I, I'm not saying I would have stopped going because there's dogs there. I still would have mm-hmm. probably stayed loyal to Peppy's, but there's just something I don't know. It would have bothered me. I'd be like, oh, now this with this place. Now they got to do this. You know what I mean? It's bad, they, it's bad enough they franchised out and they have, you know, 22 different locations. Now they got to make it into a bear garden. It would have stung a little bit, yeah. 
It would have stunk. stunk. Not enough to like boycott him or anything. I'm not going crazy. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's trying just, to be like everyone else. Li- Libby's still not open when you're down there. Nothing. Now nah, we're open, man. That's gonna be another. That's gonna be an interesting when they reopen to see. And we were talking about that. I mean, how many different places are like that around here? Nah, there's no. There's a million pastry places, but not one you could like yeah. sit down. Nothing like that. That's that's why I mean like. They still got to have a seating area, I would assume. I, I would assume it's going to update. Everything needed updating in there. Except for, that, yeah. except for that coffee machine. That coffee machine is perfect. Don't ever get rid of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just it's going to be interesting to see uh, as Trey Young's <laughs> down holding his head. It's going to be interesting to see because uh, it's just it's, – there's, there's not much left like it at Worcester Street. So, well, it's something much- to be said. You want to talk about changing neighborhoods? I got, I got one for you, man. All right. Uh, so you know, I w- spent the uh, Saturday in Poughkeepsie, I'm back home. Yes. And uh, visited my friend. We went golfing, and then decided we'd go while we were in the area. Before we went back over to his side of the river, we would stop for wings at Noah's, because uh, you know, just the right thing to do. I've been there since the draft in 2019, I guess. Yep. Oh, it's been a long time. We so we got we got to go and uh, have some wings. So we pull up, <laughs> pull up to Noah's, Uh-oh. and there is a rainbow flag hanging from the front of the building. Uh, I was taken aback by it. Not something you expect to see at, at Noah's, right? No dive bar like that. I feel like. Go ahead. I, Cause I feel like I, we saw something like this last time we were there, but go ahead. Well, we go, we go in and it's, I've already said too much. It's well, it, what, you, <laughs> no, I no wait. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Cause I think, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Cause I think I said, this is what he should do. Well, what? Okay. Well, it might be, he might've done what you said they should do because this was, I don't know, maybe six o'clock on Saturday. And the music was like I went to the door and I just heard like inside like boom, 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 and I was like, oh, mm. it's like what is going, what is going on here? And I walk in to a place that was, I don't know how many drag queens were in there, but it was more than I was prepared to see. That's for sure. Wow. Um, it yeah. So I look at the Greek and I'm like, well, I think see the kitchen's open. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so we go get a we go get a table like in the corner by ourselves. We order a pitcher, and it's uh, it's the same bartender from the draft. Okay. Uh, so we order a pitcher, brings it over. Uh, as we're drinking, uh, one of the taller drag queens comes over to welcome us to her party, and I'm like, "Oh, what do you, what are you guys celebrating?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, it's Pride Day in Poughkeepsie." I was like, "Oh, okay, well." That's great. Congratulations. Happy Pride Day or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, they were like, I came here for some wings. Yeah. So, whatever. So, we sit down. We, we order the wings. We finish a pitch. We have another pitch. We have ordered another pitcher. And as uh, we're polishing off this second pitcher, the tall, the tall drag queen says, All right, it's time for a drag. It's time for a, I don't know what you called it. Drag, it's just a, a drag show. Drag show, okay, like a runway right. sort of thing. She made them. She made the the whole bar do the uh, 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I could say these things, but for I'll I'll make it a I lot. I think you could. I think you could. Well, we'll just call it the queer the queer pledge of allegiance. That's what they called it. It was not queer though. No, it was. Uh, I don't know if I could say. I don't know. I don't know if I'm at the liberty to say it. But Is it the, the F word? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's reciting it, and like, turns out I was like right by where she's doing this fucking drag show. What I don't, what I don't get is, I don't, I don't understand where. <laughs> how do, how does like pride and dry humping the floor at Noah's? How does, how are those the same things? That I don't think you're really celebrating like the legacy of the people who paved the way by humping the floor at Noah's and fucking six thirty on a Saturday. Well, I mean, once you get booze involved, you know, it's just, it's more of a, uh, it's just a celebration, you know? All right. It's like we've all gotten shit-faced on Christmas. (laughs) Who am I? Who am I to judge? I thought it was was an interesting interesting equation that they got. It's their St. Patrick's Day, you know what I mean? Like, you think Irish people and people dressed in green are thinking about uh, that guy with the snakes (laughs) and whatever the fuck the story is? They don't know the story. I know more about the story. I just gave them the cliff notes. They don't know the story. It's just, it's just an excuse to, uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be humping nose floor. I'll tell you that. I'd be one of the last <laughs> no, ones I'd want to be down yeah. and dirty with. <laughs> yeah, you can check yourself. So I asked, I went, I asked the bar, I went to get a shot before we had out of there. And I asked the bartender, I'm like, time you guys expect reader tonight. <laughs> he just, he just laughed at me. He's like, Oh no, he won't be, he won't be showing up today for this. I was like, yeah, that was, even money was on him not coming to work today. <laughs> so how many how many drag queens would you say? Um, well, there's two that were fully dressed, and there yeah, there's others that I just I wouldn't I wasn't sure one one way or the other. You know, they were just kind of low keying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this like this one had like the full thing of the fake tits, and. Uh, Oh, so serious. Yeah, and yeah. And they, she or he can whatever it is, came over and was like, Oh, I've been wearing makeup since ten o'clock this morning. I'm like, all right, it's your it's really your choice. <laughs> like you know yeah, what you're gonna first, first, the first person to put makeup on to go to Noah's in the history <laughs> of the bar. Yeah. There was there was one dime there though. I mean, maybe the best looking woman I've ever seen at Noah's. There's always one in yeah. that crowd. Oof, man. Needle in a haystack. Yeah. Yep. Now, was the bartender in drag? Because I kind of remember the bartender from last he was time. Not, he was not in drag. But he's still, okay. not, he's still, not, making, uh, still not making car bombs either. Tried we, to order one? Oh, yeah, we asked. <laughs> he was like, yeah. Let's ask this guy. He's like, we, I think he played us because he was like, I don't have uh, – and like right away we're like Guinness. He's like, right, no Guinness. And we're like, that doesn't sound right. Like, no, you didn't know what the fuck was in it, did you, motherfucker? Like, I think he just played us. This he just didn't want to. He didn't want to make it. They, yeah. Didn't want to make it for you. That's my guess. Well, we did Maker's Mark instead. It was fine. Well, he's running a tight ship, man. You know, can't can't have everything. All right, was that tight? <laughs> All right, so I yes, yeah. I thought I saw something. It was. Uh, I, and not for nothing, a, year, a couple years ago, and I've been saying this for years, because we met the bartender last time, and, you yeah. know, he was a gay guy. It's no secret. I said, because Noah has been failing for years, I was like, Reader, the owner, should turn this into a gay bar. 
Hail Mary attempt if you want to save your business because nothing is working. Turn it into a gay bar. And they probably had, you said, I don't know how many people in there, 10 to 12, I guess. Of, oh, there was, there was a good 25 people in there, 30 people in there. Most of them celebrating. Oh, yeah. Each- all, of them, all of them except me and, me and the Greek. There you go. Without, without that bartender and without the drag queens, you yeah. know, gay, yeah. lesbian, whatever, yeah. you two be the only ones in there. I applaud Reader. He's a, prog- he's a progressive. Who knew? <laughs> well, not progressive enough to come into work. <laughs> they, well. No, he's, he's, at, he's at some hole in the wall dive bar, like, you know, a mile or two away, probably. But, uh, yeah, no, sound, I mean, that's what they needed, decision. man. Yeah. They, I, I, don't, I, I don't mind it. No, nah, whatever. We were, you know, the wings were as good as they had ever been, to be honest with you. So, oh, there you go. Maybe they're on the maybe they're on the up. Well, you know what? The the uptake. You know what? It wasn't your old friend Jerry cooking. It was the real cook back there. That's a plus. If Jerry, it's probably a good thing that Jerry's not there. Yeah. I mean, we love Jerry, but need it. Not need it. Yeah. Stay out of the kitchen, Jerry. You've done enough damage to my stomach. (laughs) That was just just because your your top was a little too tight. (laughs) Yeah. I think it made me nauseous. Now it's just your face. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you nauseous? Was it my cooking? No, it was your fucking face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. seven seconds left in this Hawks game. Yep, Hawks up one. 7.8. It's going to be a 10-minute review, so. <laughs> Talk about, uh, you know, things changing. You remember from yesterday. The golf course had not changed a bit. It's phenomenal. Same there you old, go. Yeah. You got the golf cart. <laughs> some, things, some things never change. Yeah. The change is good, but sometimes it's nice to see something. Yes. Same as always. Business yeah. as usual. Well, it was a shock to the system. Uh, yeah. I walked, I walked up to look at, to look at where the, the draft room was, and that's where I saw, like, a dude with a beard in a like a two piece. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Two piece. I guess it was warm out Saturday. I mean, it was like a, I don't know, not a two piece bikini, but like a skirt and a top two piece. I don't know, I'm not what it's called. But it was a little. I was like, hey, hey uh, I mean, if 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 it's, uh, it's what keeps Noah's open, and for you to go get wings once a year, it's fine with me. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's true. worth it. Fine, yeah. So I guess uh, that was it. That was it. So it was definitely made for an interesting uh, return. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of wish I witnessed it. Yeah. Yep. It's unfortunate. Yeah, the Greek left me all alone during that show too. So it was just me. Where'd he go? He went to the John, but then he snuck out the back. And as as I'm as I'm sitting there. I see in the, he pops in the front door and he's just laughing at me. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> That's not a bad move. Not a bad move. <laughs> I mean, I was dying. It was hysterical, but, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. Do you have any, uh, go ahead. No, there's cameras all over the place. So uh, I had to tell the story in case any pictures show up someplace. I'm like, what were you doing with this drag? 
Or did you the guy with uh, the Sunday poor host? What are you doing at this drag show? You're ju- you're judging it. You say you were judging. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got a number. I got a score for you. <laughs> oh man. Well, hey, good good for Noah. They actually had a yes. They actually had some clientele on a yes. Saturday afternoon. Yes. Because usually that only happened once a year when we were yeah. drafting. Yeah, that's fair. Um, do you know? Do you have a good pina colada recipe? No. I have no idea. I have no idea how to make pina colada outside of pina colada mix and rum. Oh, so you go that route? Because I was thinking about doing. I was thinking about making it from scratch. We were talking about discover or making up a yes. rum drink for the oh. summer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about just starting with the basics and then working my way up. All right. I want to. I want to do shit. a pina colada. I'm going to do them on the fireworks day. All right. Well, so shit. I, let's do pina coladas on Thursday. Remember, we said we we're going to do a drink on Thursday. I could do that. I'm not going to – I probably won't do the ones from scratch, though, because I got to use the blender. I got the ninja. The ninja's fucking loud to fire up at, like, 10 o'clock at night. Ah. I might just – because I I was thinking about doing a trial run before the fireworks, but this weekend I'm kind of booked, so I might just wing it on the fly with an audience. Uh, It seems – I mean, ice, frozen pineapple. So you dice up some pineapple, you freeze it. Pineapple juice. Coconut cream, white cream of coconut, yeah. White rum, dark rum. Seems pretty easy. Put it all into a blender. Yeah, I, I see. I have written down frozen pineapple, cream of coconut, and then whatever your choice of rum is. Now you could use Malibu, regular rum, dark rum. Fuck it, let's let's do it. Let's do it. I'm, well, I'm making one. I'm gonna make one on Thursday. That's I needed to think right. of a drink for Thursday. That's my Thursday drink this week. Pina colada. You're going to do the blender? Yeah. I probably won't do it on the show because that's just going to be annoying for people who listen. But Yeah. Yeah, I'll do a fucking pina colada. Why not? Uh, all right. I got to remember to get the uh, ingredients by Thursday. You add a lot of ice when you do like the blender to make it so it's like frothy? Yeah. Like frozen it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go hard on the ice. If you're going to use a, if you're gonna use a blender, I feel like you got to use it. Yeah. Here's Philly. They're not going to follow up. What is this guy doing? Oh, double clutch. Ugh. Oh, Curry. Seth. All right. Hawks tied up 2 2. The best of three now. Yeah, that wasn't a great shot at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think Doc Rivers prepared him in the huddle? <laughs> there. Fair enough. I mean, Jesus, they had all Canada review. They had uh, the guy at the free throw line forever. I mean, Jesus. Gave him too much time to prepare. Yeah. I didn't see Ben Simmons running towards the ball either. But I could tell you that. He's not even on the court. Ben Simmons not even on the court in crunch time. Did he fall out? I mean, he needed three. He's not going to be a decoy. Right. He's Good passer, though. He'd be inbounder. Yeah. He'd be the inbounder, the inbounder, maybe. But even then, he wants the inbounder to maybe have a shot because might come back to him. But yeah, I mean, if if he's not shooting, like why he's and he's not facilitating, like why is he out there? You don't really need him for that. Yeah, we're looking up to see if he fouled out. Yeah, he uh, did is, not foul out. That is a bull. That is a bold call to not have him out there. Period. But. I'm surprised it and I'm surprised Atlanta didn't follow. 
They had all kinds yeah. of talent to fall. I always feel like I always feel like my team will fuck that up somehow. Yes, I agree. I think that too. But I feel like I've adjusted along the way where I think under five seconds you have to fall. I always was against falling, but now I just feel like you gotta do it. I think I feel I always feel like it's a problem to make them have to think when they're out there. Like they're much better when they just can play on instinct. Yeah. Any, any athlete. So if they're out there thinking, oh, I got a foul, I got a foul. And then like, oh, is it too, should I foul? Should I not foul? Is, is he shooting? And that's when they get themselves in trouble. You know what I mean? Got to practice that though. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's fair. If you're going to do it, you should, should run it. Yeah, I always assume my team is absolutely going to fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> foul the three point shooter. Yeah, it's the worst. And one. Larry Johnson situation. Yeah. Don't can't have that. I uh, went over to the hockey game quick. Two nothing Vegas. Did you see that save that just it was like it was a breakaway? Yeah. Flurry. Vegas passed it back and forth. I don't know. Yeah. Montreal goalie. Oh, well, Carey Price, sorry. Yeah, it wasn't Flurry. Flurry's yeah. the Vegas goalie. Yeah, he went across to his left. Made a sweet glove save on a breakaway. Yeah, and Vegas is a ridiculous favorite in that series. They're like minus four hundred to win that series. They scored like that's how big tonight. of a did they? I it was it was early, and I was like, I wasn't even looking because like, ah, oh, here's the face off, and they scored like a second later off a face off in their zone. And I was like, that does, that never happens. Yeah, I know Montreal could be Montreal could be rattled in front of the crowd, and no no fans all year, so. Something could be something to be said about that. Um, you get Canada. That's what you get. Now your team's not prepared. Yep. You're going to be another 28, going on 29 years now. No, no Stanley Cups. You invented hockey. <laughs> invented hockey. Can't bring the cup home. We even, we even made the rules different this year, so a Canadian team had to be in the Final Four. Yeah, did you guys are solid. You're, You're going to let a team from Las Vegas. Crazy that series because – it was kind of like uh, Gonzaga UCLA. Mm-hmm. We talked about Gonzaga being the yeah the yeah. ultimate whatever Goliath mm-hmm. when they're usually the David. That's kind of what Vegas and the Canadians is. Canadians are the ultimate Goliath. Twenty four Stanley Cups, whatever it is, twenty five. Yeah. But now they're a the huge underdog. Yeah. What trip? That's penalty coming up. Well, I went Canadians. back to basketball already. Canadians have a power play coming up. Oh, big. Try and cut the deficit in half. Yep. Well, yeah, so NHL, Islanders yesterday, nice win. They are uh, – they're going to they're gonna need uh, – they're going to need Barzell and Varlamov, I think, in order to beat Tampa. They're going to need those two guys. Yeah, Barzell's been playing great, so – uh, this is his playoffs right now, and uh, Varlamov wasn't even in the first round. He was trading time. He wasn't even starting. He got benched after the first game. Not benched, but I mean, it was a, it was basically a bench. <laughs> it's a platoon situation, you know. Ended up being platoonish. Platoonish. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, if he they, they need they need him to to uh, stand in a set a couple times for sure. And out of like out of nowhere, he just started playing great. Like he got lit up by Pittsburgh, I feel like, a couple of those games. 
Rolamov. Right, and then they went to the rookie, and then the rookie got lit up by Boston in game one, and then ever since right. then, Varlamov's yeah. been awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, they don't beat Boston without Varlamov and Barzell, and they're not going to beat Tampa without those two guys being awesome, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, Barzell had a nice game yesterday. Obviously, only gave up the goal, so, yeah. But I didn't really get to watch it, but I was reading about it and heard a little bit about it, and uh, I guess they really just kind of played their game. They shut, they shut down Tampa's big guys. And that's that's what they do, man. They they lock up a team, and uh, it's the old devils from the nineties. Only you know, better. Well, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I only watched the third period, so it's all. I mean, I was just kind of bullshitting my way. I, I I only saw the third period. I was able to get it on where I was, mm-hmm. and I had to, I had to cho- choose between that and the Nets. The Nets were down double digits. I I had a sign for the third period hockey. Well, you wanted the Nets to get hit in the mouth, man, to kind of see what was going to happen. Well, no, I mean, I would have taken sixteen and zero. No, I know, but I'm no, not that you wanted it, but you mentioned you know you wouldn't really know what to think about this Nets team until they got hit in the mouth, and here they are, down two of their big guys, Durant, the only the last man standing. And we're going to see, we're really going to see what they're capable of as a team. We're going to see what Durant's capable of on his own, because even with uh, even with like the weird playing time situations this year, it was, Durant always seemed to have help. It was never just him. Right. And as great as he's been when he's been on the court, he's never really had to do it. Never had to do it all by himself. And now he's in a situation where it's. I mean, he's got a decent team around him, but it's him versus the world. You know, it's him versus Giannis. Well, it's going to be him versus PJ Tucker, really. Uh, yes. And that's going to be. You know, they're going to have to do everything they can to get him off the ball. To get PJ Tucker off the ball when Durant has it. Yeah, well, my two, my two biggest fears with the Nets coming into the playoffs, and I guess really all season long, but specifically coming into the playoffs, one was health, which we're seeing now. Harden out, Kyrie. I mean, they had sprained ankle is pretty bad. I don't think we're seeing him for sure in these next three games, two games, whatever it is. Harden, maybe I don't know. Yeah, but, Harden you know, is crazy because Harden was never hurt. Like before, I think I was uh, Iron Man, basically. Right. Kyrie and Durant obviously had the injury history. Yeah, they're the glass uh, glass knees and stuff, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so health was number one. And number two was how does this team respond to adversity? And I think we're seeing both of those fears just come right to the, up to the surface these last two games because yeah. you get Kyrie hurt, now you're down two out of your three. You know, superstars, and then the adversity, which I don't—I mean, to me, this is—I don't know if this is a hot take or not. They got to win five and seven because they're not winning six. I—I do, I do not think they're winning in Milwaukee. They're, they're for sure not yeah. winning in Milwaukee if they're down three-two. Right. They have a better shot if they're up three-two because then, like the guys, the lesser players will kind of be able to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know the the one thing. And Milwaukee opened up; they're a three-point favorite right now. So Vegas is telling you they think Milwaukee's winning this thing. The only thing I will say to take to, you know to take uh, Nets fans off the ledge, and I don't really have much because they they do look like they're in trouble. Your role players play better at home. Mike Francesa, I always say this, taught me this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. All right? The Blake Griffins, the Joe Harrises, the uh, Browns, those guys will play better in their building. 
They're not going to give you anything in Milwaukee, but they will play better in their building. So they, to me, they have to win five and they have to win seven because I just don't see – I don't know if Durant by himself – I mean, he's going to have to go Kawhi. Like, we, we, we see – you see sometimes what it takes mm-hmm. some of these guys to win on the road. Kawhi game six against Dallas. You know, LeBron – had games like that, in, you know, in Boston years ago, game six with life on the line. I don't know. We don't know if Durant's capable of that right now. I mean, he's capable, but I just don't know if we're going to get that out of him. Um, so, you know, yeah, they've held serve so far in this series, both teams, taking care of business at home. Nets have to take care of business at home Tuesday night or else it's probably over. <laughs> Would you also – you mentioned the adversity and the injuries. What – and one thing that kind of caught me by surprise was, is, I guess, then I guess it's by surprise I never really considered it. But and the Bucks aren't necessarily a tough, tough team, but I feel like they, they are kind of bullying them a little bit. At least when they're at home. And we, I mean, we saw the whole the whole thing in the in game three with PJ Tucker. We talked about on the last show. Yeah. And it just seems like that gets in their head a little bit. And even yesterday, Durant didn't have a great game while PJ Tucker was guarding them. And it's you know. It, is there, are they not prepared like to have, have the toughness of a playoff team, of a championship playoff team? Like that's not something I ever really thought about because you, you just figure you have all this talent, they'll figure it out. But if you're going to come out there and get bullied, then you don't have it. I don't, I don't care how much talent you have. You got you got to be the bully. You can't be getting bullied. Right. Well, I think you could deal with another team being a little tougher if you had them. Talent-wise, but right now you don't even have them talent-wise. Sure, with Kyrie and with and with uh, Kyrie and Harden out. Mm. So I mean, it's an it's an uphill battle. You're you're going to need Durant to be really good. Um, again, I think the role players will show up. They'll play much better in Game Five. They'll play better in their own building. But uh, I mean, you can't. I if they go back to Milwaukee down three-two. I don't think they're coming back for Game Seven. I know Milwaukee's got a good home court. They got a they're solid uh you know solid fan base there they definitely those role players definitely play better in their building yeah i mean you saw how they played in games one and two compared to three and four yeah middle you know middle Middleton's a little bit better than a role player but you know drew holiday um i don't know they got the white guy that can shoot too whatever they're gonna be better in their building so you know you played all year for home court it's why as a, as a net fan i wanted the one seed because mm-hmm. i i value home court more in the NBA than I do uh, hockey and baseball. I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it in this Clippers series that we're watching right now. The home teams won every game. Uh, so, you know, you got to protect home court. Simple as that. Do not go to Milwaukee down 3-2. Milwaukee's hungry, man. They're a hungry team. They battled out too early last year. And, uh, you know, they don't, they're, not, they're not playing by the narrative that says the Nets have the super team and they're, they're – Built to win it this year, you know. They got their own their own storyline going on. They got, yeah. to, they got to finish what they couldn't finish last year. Right. Yeah, well, last year with the with the Heat, they lost to yeah, but yeah, they have had some disappointing playoff exits. It does feel like I don't know. It, I I thought the winner of this series was going to go to the finals in the East. Now I'm not so sure watching them play. Yeah, now I'm starting to think Philly's the best team. It's, it's, I mean, it changes every day because it, it's just how you are as a sports fan. You're easily 
manipulated by the last game. Yeah. But now, now it's even though in, in Philly, of course, just lost. So that like kind of put a wrinkle in, in that uh, in that view. But now I'm thinking Philly might be the best team. It's mind boggling watching Giannis sometimes, and we touched on it uh, Thursday. But you know, just he shoots way too much from the outside. He's not. He's always open. I, that's I, I, why. Yeah, but you got to. You can't keep. You're not a shooter. You got to give it up at some point. It's like, all right, this is not. You know, give it to Drew Holiday. Let him have the ball out there, and you go down the block. Or go Plus, take who's the next? Who's the next big man? Like, why don't you just post that guy up? Yes, there, yeah, there's Blake Griffin, Blake, Blake, and Nick Claxton. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you're settling for a jump shot. If you're the freak, the freak. I think it's like how we talk about baseball. How guys refuse to go against the shift. I think guys are just they need we. I need to be able to shoot the three ball to play in this league, which I get if someone's giving it to you. I'm sure he's working at it, which is why he's taking more of them. But sometimes if your shot's not falling, like, you know, Curry, Reggie Miller, Larry, like those guys keep shooting threes no matter what. Yeah. You, on the other hand, maybe foot off the gas a little bit, kind of do other things to help the team win, you know. (laughs) They have good shooters like Middleton and like Holly. Like those guys, they do have other shooters where it's not like Giannis is there main guy that need to hit trays, you know? I want to see what the what the analytics says about a guy like him shooting when he's missing at this rate. Like, the like you, you guys want to say analytics is, is why you shoot more threes? What if a guy is shooting them and he's not making them? Like, the analytics, the analytics can't be good at that point if he's missing. If, if he could have scored two points every time he misses a three, the analytics can't be good. Like, if you're one for nine from three-point range, you're going to tell me those 16 points that you gave up was worth getting those three points? No, it's not. They don't factor that stuff in. Oh, I do. I can guarantee you that you're not factoring it in. Oh, while well, I'm on analytics. Remember, yes. Remember we talked about the spin, the spin rate and uh, yeah. if I can transition smoothly over to baseball here. I did find a number. Hang on a second. I got it. Check it out here. So there is there is a difference between like what people used to use back in the old day, like for the baseballs, like they. So basically, the sticky stuff was really just supposed to help your grip, right? Yeah. But now they find a way to use this sticky shit to throw like nastier pitches, right? Okay. So older methods of uh, older methods of like the whatever. A rosin and shit like that could add 150 RPM, so rotations per minute to his pitcher's spin rate. But the newer substances add 400 to 500 RPM. So 150 to 400, that's upping it a ton. That's making your ball spin a lot more. That seems extreme, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's – and I'm not, I don't want to get in the conversation again, but that's what had to be asked. It's like what, what, what is the effect of the ball and where do you – where do you where do you draw the line and say okay you can't use this shit because it gives you too much spin on it? It's not it's not it's not within the uh, you know we're supposed to be doing that stuff for you to have better control, better grip, not so you can rip off another nasty slider with another you know an extra inch of break on it or whatever. So I don't know. Basically, yeah. supposedly going to have an announcement at some point, but who knows. Is it fair to ask if uh, Aroldis Chapman's been using it? It hasn't been the same. 
has not been the same since. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's there, and, uh, apparently, Kluber was too. That came out to <sighs> Not surprising. It's asterisk next to the no hitter now? I don't think so. Everybody, everybody's doing it. 2-1. Two, <laughs> Montreal got one back in the power play. Oh, all right. Let's go. The Habs. Come on. Uh, yeah, I, Fight I, for the name on the front of the chest. If you uh, run the whole league, I think people are looking to see whose spin rates are going down now that we can fucking track this shit. And for the past two weeks, everybody who has been suspected, I think, is spin rates have gone down. I've not heard anything about Chapman's spin rate, though. But I did yeah. hear some. I did hear somebody say, "Well, Chapman's allowed to have one, you know, one mistake." All season, or what? It wasn't just one the other day, but he's allowed to have one blow up all you know during the season. I'm like, well, suspicious timing, <laughs> you know. It's not yeah, good. right. And I I didn't see the game Saturday, but I heard he wasn't great Saturday either. Extra innings. That was the game, right? No, we oh, the twin, up That's Thursday right. That's the Twins game. Yeah, yeah. That has not been good. Uh yeah. Well, shit. Might as well get out of the way now. I didn't. I didn't bother watching anything this weekend. I'm glad I didn't. I wasn't in front of a TV, so I, I didn't really have much of a choice. Uh, I just followed it. Yeah, it's just you know more of the same. It's not Ugh. nothing really to yell and scream about. Four games back of that second wild card. How can I? How can I yell and scream about it? Nobody. Nobody cares in the organization. How can I yell and scream about it? I don't see it on the field. I don't see it from the management. I don't see it from. If the, man, if the managers would come out every fucking game and be like, well, we're, we're doing some good things. Well, you're 65 games into the fucking season. It's time to stop doing a couple good things and start winning yeah. ball games. Doing a lot of bad things, too. Yeah, don't tell me, yeah, don't tell me these moral victories. I don't remember the New York Yankees having moral victories at any point in my life. No, it's been a while since the moral victories in New York. I yeah, it's a tough place to be because it's just they feel irrelevant right now. It's, it's one of the worst places your baseball team could be, especially in June. Uh, now, a hot streak could change that. You know, you win 8 of 10, you win 10 of 12, you get right back into it, at least with the wild card. I mean, you're eight and a half out of the division. That's, you know, you got a long ways to go if you want to be talking about the division. But, you know, you, you with the two wild cards, you could get hot and get right back into it. Um, but until they do that, if and when they do that, are relevant. Yeah. They're not, I mean, they're not relevant. Try not to get embarrassed by Toronto again this week. Ugh, that's, I mean, when that's your goal, so just not, well, 3 1. That's <laughs> quick. Vegas yeah. not like, did not like it being a tight game. Vegas is, like Vegas is good. good. Not, not, not more, they're just good. I can't explain it. There it is, 3-1. Gang of Misfits, I guess. Off of faith. Yeah, it's a lot of good veteran guys. and I feel like Max Pacioretty. I think he was a uh, – I think he was an old Canadian player. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, flirt. I mean, it's just – ah, deflection. <laughs> tough one. That's a tough one. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that – the discussion with the Yankees and we're not quite there yet, mm-hmm. but we've at least entered 
the territory of buying versus selling at the deadline. We've entered the territory, not ready to make a decision or a declaration, but we've entered the discussion phase of are we buyers or are we sellers? It's on the table. Yeah, they have a couple, maybe three weeks or so before you really start. If they're say like a month, if you continue on this path, you think we yeah, have beginning of July or middle of July? I don't know, man. I mean, in 2016, when they did it, they sold, they traded Chapman and Miller and uh, Beltron. Yeah. yeah, that was a little bit different because. That team didn't really have much expectations, and I feel like it was kind of on the table all year. Like, are we going to yeah. trade these guys? Do yeah. I don't know. Are we like they, that team felt like they were? I don't want to say they were overachieving because they weren't that good, but they were like hovering around five hundred, and you know they were constantly like you know let's say three, four games out of a playoff spot. So you kind of was one of those teams that kind of had kind of had to have an honest discussion with yourself. You're like, all right, we're in it, but I mean, this team's not any good. We gotta, we gotta trade these guys. I think the fan base was cool with it. Yeah. The difference with this team is, this team was the favorite to go to the World Series, come out of the American League, admitting defeat on that on this team is a lot different than five years ago. It's a big difference, and I don't think. Listen, it's 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 very tough because. If Cashman did end up selling the guys, and let's say we fall like ten games under five hundred, it would be the right move. But I, but part of me also wouldn't want him to make those trades because I just want a, like a different guy in here to run the team. Like I, like I don't want I don't. You are we already tried it your way, man. You tried to do the rebuild. You know what I mean? And five years ago, and all right, we got Glaber Torres out of it. We signed Chapman back. He made some good moves, but like. I'm not. I don't want to give this guy another chance to rebuild. Yeah, he built he he built the wrong team, man. He really did. He fucked it up. He yeah. fucked it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't think they're. I don't think they're gonna. I, I mean, I just don't think. I just don't think Cashman's gonna sell. I think the ego will get in the way. Yeah. I just don't think. Uh, it's they're gonna hover in like purgatory. You know, for the next month, going into the deadline, probably more. They'll convince them. Cashman will call a press conference and tell everyone that we're in it. We're only, you know, three and a half games out of a second wild card spot. <laughs> you know, you're gonna hear that in the press conference, yeah. and you know, this team's gonna get going. Uh, so that's what's gonna happen. I don't. Uh, I would. I would. No. I would. If I was a GM, though, I would definitely seriously consider. I mean, we got to see where we're at right now. I'm not making a declaration. I mean, they win. They go on a 12-game winning streak. Everything changes. Yeah. Well, I, I, my guess is more likely they'll make some minor changes to maybe prove the team. Maybe do not like a big trade, but unload somebody. If you get, if you could sell somebody, I, I, my guy is always going to be Sanchez. But like just you know, kind of addition by subtraction, maybe type situation. Yeah. Uh, I can see them doing something like that. And making like a minor deal or two for, you know, just to get some new blood in here. I could another pitcher, another, uh, probably another, re- another reliever because you can't have another, another lefty, pitcher. another lefty reliever. Probably if we know if we know BC over there, uh, you know, but maybe get another starter, somebody you know middling, 
I can see him doing like little moves like that, but not going for like not going all in. You're not gonna see Starling Marte or no Chris Bryant or anything like that. Yeah. By the way, Mike Talkman robbed another home run last week. I forget exactly who hit it. It wasn't Pujols this time. You saw the Pujols when he robbed, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he robbed another one last week, Mike Talkman. What did Hicks do last week? Aaron Hicks. I don't know. Aaron Hicks can't even jerk off right now. It's <laughs> fucking guy useless. Uh, yeah, I, I I know this would never happen, but Judge is a free agent in a year and a half. Yeah, I mean he's the face of the team. He's not going anywhere. His value would never be higher than it is going into this deadline. You never, yeah. I know it's crazy and it's not going to happen, so it's stupid conversation. Yeah. That's, you know, you're right. It's not, not going to happen, but. It's not going to happen. There's no way. I mean, why would, why would they not wait, though, right? Didn't, wasn't there a rumor that he was weighing, getting traded to uh, the Angels over the winter? Who, Judge? Yeah, I thought that was a rumor. Like, Angels and Yankees had tentative conversations about a, a move. And I mean, yeah. Hey, it's it's on the table. Then you heard it here first. We just broke it. Oh, uh, it was Juan Soto. He made the catch on Talkman Oof. in a one nothing game. Robbed him. Tried to go oppo on him. Well, Wani Peralta. We've got our money's worth of Wani Peralta already. So. Oh yeah. I've uh, I've had my fair share of Wani Peralta thus far. It's so, yeah. It is painful. Chapman, free agent after next year. So, back to the Cubs. Make another, they're making another run. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be the guy. Chapman, Britton, Green. Oh, Green can go. Sanchez. I mean, Voight with the offseason was the time to trade Voight, so. Uh, yeah, but all right, this is a bridge we'll cross like around 4th of July. Not trading July, Dave, July not, tra- not trading Stanton, remember that. Not, I- well, we can't trade state Stanton. It's a, it's like, I mean, come on. Geo's not going anywhere. Uh, everybody else is up for Garrett's not going anywhere. No, Cole, yeah, Cole, Glaber, and Stan would be like the three guys that you know aren't going anywhere. And Geo, yeah. And then there's also a ton of guys who just have no value, like Gardner. Like, like you couldn't give Gardner away. I mean, possibly trade Duhar. Yeah, now he his his value is pretty high. I don't know how I don't know what what he could do for the team in the future, but is he can be a left fielder of the future. No, <laughs> unfortunately, no. I like Duhar, but he doesn't have a position, so. If they did make a trade for the Starling Marte, I think Andujar is a thousand percent in it. What's Marte's story? Is he uh, have a contract? Like how how long? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, how old is he? Because guys like that, like speed guys, they usually yeah. age poorly. I just heard. I heard he's heard he wants to stay in Florida anyway. I mean, he's thirty-two years old. Oh, he's a Marlin. I think oh, wow. so, yeah. Why am I? Yeah, I, we can't trade with Jeter. Yeah, Jeter does not want to do us any favors. Yeah, he he knew what he was doing with Stan. Oh, was, I mean, he didn't get anything good back, but 
Wasn't the point. Yeah. <laughs> Digimon's attraction. Fuck you. It was a fuck you to cast him. Yeah, big F you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know what this idiot likes. <laughs> <laughs> Tangle him in front of him. It was a fuck you for A-Rod. That's what it was. It was a fuck you oh, man. for bringing A-Rod to the Yankees. Like, well, that, that's always the thing with me is I just, I'll never understand. I'll never understand why they went that route again after, after the A-Rod co- contract, why they jumped at another ridiculous contract. Like the, like the whole lesson learned with A-Rod was supposed to be not to lock yourself into stupid contracts for stupid players again. Yeah, but you you say that as if the lesson was learned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's I, the I thought, yeah, I thought the lesson was learned. The lesson was not. The lesson was not learned by the people who it needed to be learned by. Yeah, that's the problem. Oh man, just years of trying to get out from that fucking contract. I mean, God, I mean, we counted it down for. Years over a decade, just to get into a worse one with a much worse player. <laughs> right, he's A Rod won an MVP and two MVPs, two, MVP, two MVPs, bad, you know, uh, home run title. gave us one October. Yeah, like yeah, not good, Brian. Not uh, yeah. good. You could, couldn't help yourself. Just standing and booing, making me miss A Rod. It's crazy. Yeah, standing and booing. That's going to be on the tombstone for this era. Those are the two faces. Ugh. Terrible. Terrible stuff, man. And on to Toronto. In Toronto, yeah. in Buffalo? Uh, I come? know they were supposed to be moving games up to Florida. I feel like they're playing or up to Florida. Yeah, you're right, up to Buffalo. It's, it, it's like you said, Florida. These games are in Buffalo? I th- I think so. I remember I remember hearing that they were going to move it up here after uh, once yeah. the weather got yeah, better. Right. Yeah. So all right, well, excellent. Oh boy, all right. What we got? Anything else on top for tonight? I think that'll that'll do it. All right. Well, in that case, thank you to everybody for tuning in. Appreciate you spending the time with us. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch up with you later on in the week. I think we'll be on for Game 3, Isles Lightning, and Game 6, Bucks Nets. So uh, tune in. Watch us die slow death. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't make them tune in, I don't know what will. Yeah, people said they like the... Uh, having us watch. I mean, tonight was a slow night. There's nothing really that great that I'm invested in, but Thursday will be a little different. Yeah, pina coladas and uh, playoffs. Perfect. Pina colada and local New York playoffs. Uh, perfect. There was COVID small talk going on oh, yesterday no. where I was. Okay, what what are people on now? I don't know exactly because I got up and I just did like a lap. <laughs> I went to like the garage. I went to the garage where the fridge was. Smart. Had one by myself. Smart. Walked up and down, you know, they're on the driveway. Just surveyed the house. <laughs> Had my story already. Like, if someone came looking for me, I was gonna act like I was gonna get something out of my car. 
And then I went back like 10, 15 minutes later and it was still going on. Oof. But eventually it died down. I was like, ah, God, I'm so glad I missed the last 10, 15 minutes. I think it's just going to be my move from now on. Just leave. If I hear anything. Up and walk away. Yeah, just leave the room. You don't have to make a, you know, it's easier than policing it. That's fair. I don't want to step on anyone's First Amendment rights. What were they? What were they? I have no idea what the topic was. Uh, I really don't remember. I'm sure it was like masks or vaccines or something. I mean, the the, the staple, the you know, the standard. Yeah, yeah. And I was, uh, I mean, I, I had a mini edible in me, and I was just like starting to hyperventilate in my brain. I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> <sighs> I was like, I gotta take a breather. It's, it's tough times, man. When it's just going in the direction we have no interest in what's going on. Yeah, I'm like, this fucking playoff game's on right now, and I'm listening to this shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't caught. I haven't caught much. To be honest with you, people have been pretty good with it. Yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm surrounded by it, but whatever. It's just how much I want to play ball or not. (laughs) Just move on already. Yeah. I mean, Matt, yeah. (laughs) I was going to make an analogy, but I mean, we compare it to 9-11, right? You know? And nine eleven gets mentioned in passing, but it's not like it's not like we sat around and just talked about nine eleven after it happened, like a year or two later. Like eventually kind of just had to never forget, but not always have it be the topic of conversation either. Yeah, we just talk about it on nine eleven now. Right. Yeah. And we'll talk about we'll we'll talk about COVID on Rudy Gobert Day. That'll be the rules. <laughs> March twelfth. Whatever yeah. it was. Whenever everything yanked off, uh, the, the whole schedule got, got pulled. Yeah, man, let's just go back to this. Let's just go back to normal already. Back yeah. To, I'm not talking about it. And the, back to normal does not include your terrible small talk. Right, right, right. I mean, you didn't – come on, man. We all – no one had a great year, but you didn't make all those sacrifices for a year just to finally get out of the house, be with people, and talk about the last oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, Shit. I mean, we got fucking playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> we, got, we, got a, we got a lot of shit we could talk about. Come on. Yeah. We're happy to be out of the house. Let's enjoy it without yeah. remembering why we haven't been out of the house at all. Yeah. It's just maybe even just start like a timer of someone. If, I, if you're like in mixed company <laughs> – and you hear people bring it up, like, especially people you know well and you can really break it off. I'm like, I didn't want to – I wasn't going to say anything to my in-laws or whatever. That's why I just went for a walk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, just, we're, not, we're not talking about that anymore, huh? No, no, we're done talking about that. Yeah, it wasn't like it was my house either, you know what I mean? I'm going to start, like, policing conversation at someone else's house. I don't even know if Larry David could pull that off. No, he's not. he would do it, but he'd get kicked out of the house, though. He would. He's known to get kicked out of a dinner party or two. 
even he, even they said uh, they're doing new ep- they're doing a new season. I think they said they touch on COVID in like one part of one episode. I don't know if it, in, I don't know if it even encompasses one entire episode. We said it's going to be like a little part of an episode, or maybe one episode dedicated to it tops. That's actually, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, because it's not going to be released until who knows, like the fall or maybe next winter. I have no idea. Like I know, Always Sunny is coming out with a new season. Yeah, shortly they got they should just do one episode. If that, yeah, you know, not even a requirement. Like I know, like shame. It's funny because they did they did a. You remember the quarantine episode that that Always Sunny did? Yeah, well, they're all in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. They already have an episode called The Gang Gets Quarantined or whatever. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, if you're like a comedy like that, like just, just let ev- all the low-hanging fruit jokes out in one episode. That's, yeah, it's not a bad one, yeah. Just kind of empty the tank. Empty the tank on on everything. You can be political if you want. Just – Keep it all in one episode. Um, but like Shameless did it, but they were like filming during it and releasing like at the very end of, right? I mean, it was all during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Shameless. Little, that like encompassed their world, the uh, yeah. COVID. Yeah. And Shameless got kind of political. I mean, it was always a little political, but they got very political towards the end. Oh, so they want it to be a very like current, yeah, like very current eventish. Yeah, that's uh, Showtime, right? I don't know. That, well, that's a sign of a show just kind of running out of shit to do. Yeah, they were out of shit to do a while ago. If you gotta go, to, <laughs> if you gotta go to the headlines like that. That's uh, right. If you gotta mention stuff, you know, hot button issues like stuff that trends on Twitter, that kind of thing, then yeah. you're done. Yeah, Ray Donovan wouldn't do that. No, they nope. Well, by the way, John Voigt was in New Haven. Oh apparently. no, he was. Yeah, there was. I saw a picture. Missed opportunity. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, he couldn't get political on Ray Donovan because he's on the show. He was Voigt like, exactly. Yeah, he Voigt is the only uh, he stand for it. Right, he's the, he's the <laughs> only only right winger that can get on a Showtime show. I think. Well, James Woods was on the first season of, of Ray Donovan. That's why they had to whack him, I think. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened. I think he did get whacked, actually. Yeah, he was playing like Whitey Bulger. Oh, right. Like that's right. Yes. Whitey Bulger, yeah. Wow, that's how long the show's been on. I forgot all about Yeah, James Woods. Yeah, but he got whacked and like some priest got whacked. And so- well, that's John Voight. The first thing he does, he gets out of prison. He goes and whacks a priest. I thought and then he Ray, goes. I thought Ray killed a priest at the end of the season. Ray killed a different priest. Put a yeah. bullet right in his head. Yeah, I don't even know if that was the first season or not. Neither do I. But I thought he. I thought it was the first season, and they, it was Bulger and him both got whacked at the end of the. Like somehow, I don't know. Like they, everybody knew that he did it, but somehow he got away with it. I don't know. I didn't. Kind of made the feds look like idiots. Which yeah, you know. Ray whacked the priest that molested him. That molested him or mol- molested him and Bunchy? Molested him because the priest was referencing it like, oh, they don't know that it happened to you too. And that's when oh. Ray just snapped and killed him. And then Mickey, John Voight's character, yeah. I think he whacked the priest that he thought molested 
Bunchy or his kids. Right. And it's like the first scene of the show. Right. Yeah. He gets out of jail and does it. Yeah. And then he goes and I think he goes to the library and starts looking up like black porn <laughs> on a computer. <laughs> That's the okay. story, of, story of Mickey's life. Yeah. It's, it sums up the character in two scenes. Right, there you go. It's, just, it's a great introduction to a character. <laughs> ah, yep. All right, good shit, man. Let me uh, right. edit this and get it out, all right? All right, yeah. get it ready for that pina coladas. That's it. All right. Get your shit. White rum, dark rum. Shooter on top. Sure. All right. Go right in there. Why not? Later. All right.